Okay, so thank you very, very much to you both for coming, uh, and especially to Rahima for stepping in. That's really, no really, really kind of you. Um, and I think you both know the format is that we're going to share texts on the subject, which this week is loneliness. Um, I think that it was thought that because we're at the beginning of the year and a lot of people are away from home, and you know, maybe loneliness would be a, a useful subject to look at at this time. Um, so could I ask you both just to very briefly introduce yourselves? Um, maybe, Rahima, if you'd like to begin, just say sure, a couple of you. words about who you are. Sure, thank you. So my name is Rahima. I'm um, part of Islamic Society. I'm here just representing myself on my own practices, though. And um, I study economics at the University of Bath, and I'm a second year student. Thanks very much. Lovely. Hi, um, I'm Carol. I'm a fourth year mechanical engineer and um, I do a lot of work with the Christian Chaplaincy here on campus. Very much appreciated work, I know. Uh, and I'm, I'm Mother Sarah, I'm one of the chaplains and uh, recently have taken on a, a particular responsibility for um, interfaith or whatever you like to call it, a forum for people from different faiths to get to know each other better and increase each other's mutual understanding. So it's very much a kind of reaching out and helping people to understand each other better exercise. And that's part of what this podcast is all about. So thank you very, very much indeed. Rahima, could I ask you to start? Because um, you're, you're first on my list. So <laughs> yeah, of course I can start. And I hope I'm following the correct layout. The text I've chosen is called Surah Duha. So in this part of the Quran, it was a lonely time for the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him. For a long period of time, he didn't receive a single revelation from God. When he, realizing that his own purpose was to spread the word of God, he felt quite sad and I'm sure he felt very lonely like a lot of us sometimes in this world. But finally, like after six long months, God finally spoke to him in Wadduha. The beginning of this chapter depicts the sun in the early morning. And the first image that God brings to Muhammad is something bright and beautiful. It is right at the transition point from dark to light. And it's symbolic of the new beginning. It continues, the Lord has not abandoned you, nor has he forgotten you. Although this is directly said to Muhammad, it's a message for us all in the Quran, and anyone can turn to this surah to be reassured by God's support and love. God promises the Prophet that the afterlife is far better for you than this life, and you'll be satisfied. So this serves as a reminder about the, um, the life of this world and the hardships that come with it are temporary, and only heaven is eternal and that the rewards in heaven are like none that we can find on this world. From this verse onwards, God reasons why we should look forward to this and why we should have faith in the future. He reminds the prophet with his past memories. The prophet was an orphan and he was lost and he was poor and God bestowed guidance upon him. 
similarly, we find this guidance on ourselves and those turning points when we feel a restoration in our own faith. The verse continues, so as for the orphan, do not oppress him and the beggar, do not repel him. When I'm, re when I'm reading this, I'm reminded of my own blessings and um, that there are people suffering across the world in way worse situations. God always guides us out of this bouts of helplessness when God negativity consumes us and that is what he's reassuring us of, us of in this surah. Although negativity might block our vision of that light, that promise of a better future, Allah seeks to comfort us in that he will surely take us out of these positions soon. So if you're lonely, recognize that you're here today despite your past and you being here now is proof that whatever grey days you come across later will not last. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's really, really helpful. Thank you. It's a very inspiring passage. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Well, you don't you, you, you haven't got anything to add to that, have you? I mean, you, you've said what you want to say before we open it back uh, to discussion. Yeah, this is just um, my mum's favourite um, chapter. And I asked her, what does she think about it? Why does she like to always repeat it all the time? And she told me how it makes her reflect on the prophet's experience of loneliness. So she finds that sort of comfort within that surah and understanding the meaning of it. And that's how I um, feel as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Carol, have you got any uh, comment you want to make? Yeah, so um, how have you used that in your life and how do you think that could help, say, a fresher who's just moved away from home? Okay, so a fresher, I was also one of them last year and I know it's hard to adjust to having a new environment and losing contact with the people that you're already used to, but there is still ways that you can try and connect with them whenever you're free, try and call them or um, make yourself uh, a place at home in this new environment. You can use this um, surah to reflect on the way that God had promised you that you'll soon find your own comfort and you'll quickly realise that although it seems that you're alone, God is always surrounding you and he's always there for you to turn to. Yeah, so I feel like our loyalty and our loyalty to God is more important than um, the adjustment of the world all around us because we, God is always constant, like no one else is there except God all the time. So you can turn to him, you can read the surahs, you can um, just pray towards him. And that helped you when you were refreshing you yeah so I I realized my mum was also always reminding me of it but when I came to university I realized that I can have my faith for myself and I can search for it myself and I felt even stronger with my connection to God once I came here so I wasn't more lonely here I was sort of more closer to God because I feel lonely when my soul is distant to God but when I'm um, close to God I can't feel lonely that's lovely Thank you. Thank you. Anything else, Carol, that you wanted to add? I don't think so. I think thank you, Rahima, for being so honest about like 
what you experience I think is something that whenever students come to university someone experiences at some point and sounds like like uh, having that to like lean on really informed like your first when you first came to university yeah it did having islamic society there was such a big source of comfort for me because um in this new environment there was people that reminded me of home reminded me of the people i'm already used to and the thoughts that i was already thinking about and it just made me more comfortable and i'm really glad i had that i was quite struck by um two points that I noted down about the text. The one was that the emphasis on the, the life to come has mm-hmm. is going to be so much more beautiful and so much more wonderful than the hardships that we might be going through yeah. now. And I know that there's, um, I can think of places in my own tradition where there's texts which say the same thing. Um, but at the same time, there's a lovely, there's a lovely flip side to it in that you said that the the prophet was was an orphan and was poor and experienced all the hardships of that, and that um, believers have to to look out for the orphans and care for the orphans, so that even if you you believe that the life to come is going to be so much greater than this life. It doesn't mean that you can be dismissive about hardships of the people around about you. Say, well, never mind. It doesn't matter that he's lonely or he's suffering or he's hungry because the afterlife is going to be so much better. You still, you, you know, we still have a responsibility to look after the people who are 100%. I agree. It's a very mm. subtle message, but it's really important at the same time. It is, isn't it? And it, the, two, the two beautifully blend together. Yeah. You know that you can you you can say yes we must we must look to the afterlife but we've also got to care for our hungry brother now. Yes. Yeah. 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 Very, very very rich passage. Thank yeah. you. It's a very powerful one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should we go on and ask Carol to share her her passage? Okay. Yeah. So um, I have a passage from. Luke's gospel which is an account of Jesus's life and we join Jesus as he's going around to different villages and this is an account where he heals someone so this is Luke chapter 8 starting at verse 20. Now when Jesus returned a crowd welcomed him for they were all expecting him Then a man named Zairus, a synagogue leader, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. Jesus went on his way and the crowd crushed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, people are crowding and pressing around you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she had gone un- not gone unnoticed, 
came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told him why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. So then Jesus goes on to heal the synagogue leader's daughter. But the bit that really stood out to me from this passage is the significance of him touching this lady. So this lady had been bleeding for, it says, for 12 years. And in the Jewish tradition of the time, that meant that she was unclean, so was an outcast from society. And that they believed that if anyone touched her, then they also became unclean. So that meant that she would have been a complete outcast and wouldn't have had that human connection for a really long time. And yet Jesus comes along as being, well, I believe that he was both fully God and fully man. And saw her and took compassion on her and touched her and that brought her back into her community that meant that she could go on from that place and rejoin society and rejoin all those relationships that she'd been missing for all that time so that speaks to me about loneliness because so often we can feel like we're outcasts and that we don't fit in and yet we read in Jesus's life that he sees that and he heals those divides and more importantly is like notice because I think part of feeling lonely is feeling like nobody's noticing what you're doing in your life and yet he sees and is there to join us in that so he joined us on earth as God and he can join us in our states of exile and can come and relieve that and heal that just as much as he can heal physical ailments as well. Thank you very much. Rahima, have you got any comments on it? No, I think it was really nicely explained. Um, I could maybe ask the similar question to how she had asked, Carol had asked me earlier, maybe um, how would the pressure use this to help them in their loneliness as well? Um, I think first of all like having prayer being able to go to Jesus to like be open and honest about how you're feeling like it's okay to admit that you're lonely like sometimes that feels like a bit of a failure but you can be honest in prayer that you need him to come alongside you but then also we're taught to try and live a life that's like Jesus so to go out and look for other outcasts so we're taught to be in community with other Christians and part of that is to look for people who are outcasts in society and bring them into the love of God. Um, so when I was feeling isolated I thought okay I must put more effort into going to different Christian community events so getting involved in a church or getting involved in other Christian societies on campus to make those connections and also to even in non-faith situations so like in lectures looking for the person who's sitting by themselves 
and going to sit with them because that's what Jesus would have done. Um, that he saw the woman in the crowd was lonely and was isolated. And so he chose to notice her so I can do that with other people. And most mm -hmm. people want to be friendly and want to make friends. So you might as well go and say hello. It might be really <laughs> scary, but they're probably waiting for you to say hello as well. Yeah. Thank you. That's a, a big theme in Luke's gospel, isn't it? The sort of bringing in people who are normally um, outsiders, that they are kind of yes. recognised and, and, and welcomed in. Yes, definitely. So when I was thinking about this passage, um, I thought, oh, I should do that one. And then I thought, hang on a minute, there's that example as well of Jesus talking to a tax collector who was also an outcast. It's another example of him curing someone who had leprosy, which is another outcast. And so it's like it's a little sprinkle across Jesus's life. It's funny because um, people on campus generally are really, really friendly, but there are people who feel that they're kind of like the odd one out and that nobody's talking to them and, and um, that they're, they're somehow different. Uh, and it can be, it can be quite a, a brave thing to, to break away from your own group and go and sit with somebody who's on their own. It's not, not always easy. I no. see a recurring theme in both of our passages is to include those that are excluded. I think that's a common theme between us and inviting and staying open to share our kindness is quite common between yeah. us. Very true. Another theme that's quite, um, I think you can find in both, is the, the sense that, that even if you feel lonely, actually, and if you feel that things are desperate, um, actually, you know, we believe that God is actually looking out for us. And um, sometimes when the passage, when the time has passed, the really difficult time has passed, you have a sense that God was actually there all the time, but was perhaps testing you or waiting to, waiting for you to turn to him or something like that. So um, it reminded me of a quite famous passage in our tradition about um, footsteps where somebody looked back over their life and they saw two footsteps walking side by side. And then when things got really difficult, they only saw one. And that he asked God, why is that I only saw one footsteps when I pair of footsteps when I was going through that really difficult time? And God says to him, My son, during that time I was carrying you. So you could only see one set of footsteps and they were mine. It's an allegory, of course it's not. It's so that um, it illustrates the idea that even if you can't feel comfort at a time, you can still have faith that God is actually with you and caring for you. And like Rahima, you said in your passage about how um, there's good things to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That. It's exactly that. God said, when you felt lost to Prophet Muhammad, he was the one that guided you. Similarly, how you say that um, he was the one that had carried you is the same thing that God is always there in our passage. I did just look out a passage myself to show. And this one, it's not even a Christian passage, it's a Buddhist passage. But as a, as a Christian, I find it 
a way that I can understand it, that you can't actually live without the sunshine and the trees and the beauty of the world around you. And if you're lonely, you can actually connect to all these things that are are supporting you in the world. I'll, I'll just read the passage and see what you think about it. Life is a wonder and your body, your feelings are also wonders. And if you know how to connect yourself with all these things, you will not be lonely. The sunshine has the power to love. Now, we would say through, through God, the sunshine is loving you, but in warming you and nourishing you, he's saying the sunshine has the power to love. And we human beings also have the power to love. If the sunshine loves us, then we shall be able to love the sunshine back. If the trees love us, then we should learn how to be able to love the trees. And if you know how to love, we don't feel lonely anymore. And this writer... That's so lovely. Isn't it? And this writer, he, he starts this passage with a heading, Keep Your Loneliness Warm, which is quite what, not what you expect, keep your loneliness warm. But he's, what he's saying is that in loneliness, you can use it to be more conscious of all the things which are actually sustaining your life and nourishing you. It's not just food, it's, it's well, sunshine and trees giving off oxygen and you know, the animals and everything around you is actually sustaining you in some way. Mm. And you can use those periods of isolation to be more aware of them and aware of the love that invisibly is nourishing you and surrounding you. And then, as he says, so to love back. Yes, definitely. And I, I think sometimes being sometimes being removed from something makes you realise just how much you value it. So if you're removed from nature for a while and then go back into nature, then you feel the vibrancy so much more. And I remember when I first came to university and was missing my family then uh, someone said to me well doesn't that show how lucky you are to be so loved that you have something so that you miss so much yes that yes shows that you are surrounded by love and you are surrounded by support whether you believe that is from nature or from god or from the people that are around you that there's just so much love in the world. Exactly. If you exactly. I mean, know how to see it. Exactly, exactly. More love in the world than you could ever, ever see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Well, that's a good note to finish on, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much indeed for both of you. What can I say? But thank you and hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye okay. then. Bye. Bye.